This episode of the Seabros Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Monahan's Marine. We recently partnered with Monahan's and are excited to be working with a local marine business that has been serving the South Shore of Massachusetts since 1961. For decades, the crew at Monahan's has been helping generations of boat owners with outboard parts, boat service, marine equipment, and fishing tackle. Their professionalism and passion for being on the water has made them one of the most reputable boating headquarters in the Northeast. Monahan's is located on Washington Street in Weymouth, and they are currently a Jones Brothers and Tidewater Boats retailer and have the most well-stocked inventory of Yamaha outboards, parts, and rigging in mass. The entire staff and crew of technicians have decades of experience, and as a recent addition, Monahan's has built and rigged out a brand new 4,000 square foot offshore and inshore fishing tackle shop. They are fully stocked with everything needed for offshore canyon fishing, nearshore bluefin tuna fishing, striped bass fishing, and more. We're excited to be able to use this new space as a home base to maintain our own tackle and charter fishing fleet, as well as use it as a spot to film some upcoming podcasts and workshops. As a part of this partnership, Monahans has been generous enough to give all listeners a discount on anything in their store and facility. So when shopping at Monahans, if you use promo code MBG24 at checkout, you'll receive 10% off any purchase in their tackle or marine department. To learn more about Monahans Marine, their location, boat and engine inventory, or parts, visit monahansmarine.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mass Bay Guides. Mass Bay Guides is our family-run charter fishing fleet that's based out of Situate, Massachusetts. We've been providing anglers with the ultimate fishing adventure for over 20 years. Whether you're looking to put together a multi-boat corporate fishing trip, a trip for your family, or you're an avid angler looking to catch a giant bluefin tuna, our crew will do anything it takes to make sure you and your friends and your family have a great day on the water. To book a trip with us, please visit the Mass Bay Guides website, www.massbayguides.com. You can search prices, trip information, and get the latest reports and links to our social media pages there. You can also find us directly on Facebook and Instagram and just search Mass Bay Guides. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Black Oak LED Lighting. Black Oak LED manufactures high-quality LED lighting, at a reasonable price for the fishing, boating, hunting, and military communities. If you're looking to upgrade the lighting system on your boat, Black Oak LED provides many different options of marine-grade lighting, including cockpit spreader lights, LED light bars, undergunnel lights, and underwater lights. We've had Black Oak LED lighting on both of our boats for several seasons now, with zero failure, zero issues. They're an essential tool for us to help ensure safe rides home, to and from our fishing grounds in low light and poor visibility conditions. And their series of marine spreader lights are also a great tool for getting bait fish to school around your boat in the dark. If you're re-rigging your boat or outfitting a new vessel, check out Black Oak LED for your lighting systems. Make sure to use the promo code GIANTBLUEFIN for 20% off your order. This episode is brought to you by Afuera Coffee Company. Afuera Coffee Company was started by and for people who not only love exploring the outdoors, but care deeply about restoring and preserving our environments and habitats so everyone can enjoy them for years to come. To help work towards this, they donate 5% of all sales to charities and organizations currently donating to Cappins for Clean Water. 
Everything done at Afuera has sustainability as the main focus, sourcing beans from certified Rainforest Alliance farms, using compostable coffee bags, mailers, stickers, packaging, and of course, donating a portion of sales, not just profits to protect Mother Nature. It is their dream that through many small decisions, such as choosing and brewing your go-to coffee, that we can all make a substantial difference in the health and cleanliness of our world. Afuera is doing it right and makes a tasty product. If you want to give Afuera Coffee a try, visit afueracoffee.com and use promo code MASSBAYGUIDES for 15% off your first order. Our guest on this episode of the podcast is based out of North Kingstown, Rhode Island. He's an avid fisherman, a great friend of ours, and he's been a tool and die maker for over 25 years. For the past 15 years, he has put his machining skills to use repairing fishing reels for all types of fishermen throughout New England. In this rigging station episode, our guest guides us through properly maintaining and repairing offshore and inshore reels before, during, and after the fishing season. He even has some awesome maintenance tips for reels right out of the box. Our guest shares his opinions on what reel manufacturers seem to be built the best and are easiest to service down the road. This was an awesome conversation. Taylor and I learned a lot. Uh, We've obviously had the pleasure and and been fortunate enough to use a lot of different great fishing equipment, including our own. And we learned a ton from our guests today um, about how to keep our stuff in tip-top shape, things that we didn't know before. And we hope that you guys get the same out of it that we did. So without further ado... Please welcome to the podcast, David Morton from Beavertail Rod and Reel. Welcome to the Sea Bros Fishing Podcast, where we follow three words of wisdom. You can't catch them if you don't have a hook in the water. Always trust your instincts. And the last, you'll just have to keep listening. Stay tight. Ahoy. Hey, ahoy, guys. How are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. You guys surviving up there the winter or what? We are. We are guys, attempting to. Yeah. You guys got hammered up there this winter, huh? <laughs> we did. It was a roller coaster of weather, that's for sure. It has been. That's, yeah. It's nice no. nice out now though. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's nice nice down here too, so it's all nice. good. Look at your yeah. look at you look at all spruced up today, huh? Well, hey, you know. <laughs> gonna make a good try to make a good impression, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I won't show won't show you the rest of the shop. Looks like a bomb went off, but <laughs> oh, man. same here. This is the cleanest room in my house. So That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you as well. Um yeah. it's totally up to you, but if you're on your are you on your phone or on your laptop? I'm on my phone. If you turn it horizontal, you'll okay. you'll be able to see us better. Probably, if you can see us, fine. If not, yeah, I mean, I can I can see you guys. Can you see me? Yeah, we can. You're perfect. All right. Cool, You're perfect. All right, cool. Um, right. so yeah, so we appreciate you doing this with us. We really want to just kind of first off say yeah. hello, but then also kind of talk about properly maintaining reels throughout the season and uh, 
into after the season. First of first and foremost, we're no experts. I mean, we we use them, but we aren't necessarily the best at uh, preventative no. maintenance and all that sort of stuff ourselves. No. So this will be a learning learning yeah. experience well, the, for Taylor and I too. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the key, for sure. The key, the key is you use them, so that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. We like to break things. <laughs> well, that's that's okay too. You know, it yeah. keeps me in business. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, I'm working working on some of your stuff now. Some of your insure stuff. Um, nice. we're trying to, trying to make a push to get everything to you, um, real soon here so we can, you know, alleviate trips back and forth with gas prices through the roof and, exactly. you know, get you all set up so you guys can get moving. Exactly. It won't be, it won't be long now. So. It won't be, it won't be, we'll be off to the races here in another month. So, so yeah. how, how yep. many, how many reels do you work on roughly in the winter? So every year it's a little bit different. This year has been a kind of a, I call it the anomaly because it's just, it's incredible the amount of, amount of work that's come through. And I have to honestly say a lot of it's because of you guys, because I've seen more work from your area this year than I've ever seen. Um, I know um, Brian had posted a little Instagram video, of one of the trips we made up there last summer to kind of help you guys out, keep you going with that uh, gear problem we had. Um and uh, it's amazing how many guys reached out because they saw that video. And it's uh, cool. Yeah, I can't even. I, I I don't even know how many guys I've I've you know got to know up there because you know because it's just they just keep coming. So yeah, <laughs> so it's yeah, all the, good, the word you know? travels, and you do a great job. So it's going to be honestly yeah. infinite business. It's just how much right. you want to take. <laughs> no, well, that's the thing. And, yeah. I, and, and you know, I'm I'm slowly learning over the years. This has been my this is my eighth year full time doing this yet yeah, it gets a little get a little skinny in the winter time when you know nobody wants to pick up their gear and stuff and you know we, we deal with it you know but um this year here is just it just keeps coming um i'm pushing some guys out to like seven to nine weeks right now which i hate to do um but I, at the same time i don't want to take gear and have be sitting on it and them anticipating having it next week sometime and it's not going to happen you know right yeah um the other issue is, like everybody else, supply chain issues is is no different here than anywhere else. So um, it's actually worse here. I mean, Shimano's been a pain to get stuff out of. I I just got an order from Daiwa that I put in last October. I just got it yesterday. What? Um, oh, actually, Saturday I got it. Wow. Yeah. And I got a handle. I have a handle for a spinning reel that a guy contacted me at the beginning of last fall. I put the order in. And I contacted Daiwa the other day to find out where these other pots were and check on the handle. And I won't see the handle till the end of next month. So wow. um, the guy is less than happy, but it's not, you know, it's not, he's not ticked off at me, but you know, it's a brand new reel. You would think they would have handles in stock and yeah. ready to go, but they don't. So uh, that's a big hurdle that we're trying to overcome. It's the only so much I can do on that pot. So. That seven to nine weeks could squeak out even further, depending on parts, you know. And I, I try to explain that to, to everybody, and you know, ninety percent of the people are pretty receptive to that. They know what's going on. So, where we are now is, you know, if you don't want to wait the seven to nine weeks, if you have something that you can fish, fish it, fish through, and uh, bring some whatever. If you have something that has a known issue, bring it in or send it in, and at least let's get the the ball rolling as far as pots go, and. Um, Maybe once they're ready to use that gear, then we can flip flop gear and um, you know do it that way rather than just having stuff sit here on the shelf. It makes no sense. Right. Yeah. Um, huh. We're we're limited. We have limited space too, so that's the other part of it. So you know, and it just gets too confusing. I'm mean, at one point I had seventy five reels pulled apart, just waiting on parts, and 
You know, I don't sleep at night when I have 75 reels that I don't own in my basement. <laughs> in my shop. I, think, I don't think a lot of people realize that, too. You know, they, they send you a no, box of stuff thing. or, you know, yeah. give us a box yeah. of stuff to bring you. And it's like he needs mm-hmm. the space to open it up, diagnose the issue, and then right. you're not putting it back together until you have the part. No, and that's the thing. I mean, it's, it, you're right. I mean, you take it apart, you tear it down. It's no need putting it back together because you have to tear it down again. So. You know, we have little boxes here and there with tags and notes and this and that. And, you know, and then what happens, space is a real premium right now. So, um, you know, my wife's about ready to throw me out in the shed. (laughs) (laughs) She's in in her office upstairs working with uh, four offshore rods on the floor next to it because I have no place to put them. So, So, but it is what it is. Could be worse problems. Yeah, totally. So how did you, um, I know we kind of know the story, but yeah, just a yeah. little bit of background before we dive into um, some tips and tricks for some mm-hmm. of the listeners, but how did you get into uh, rod and reel repair and um, kind of tell us the beginning of that there? Yeah. So basically I was driving uh typical, I'm a typical Rhode Islander just to put that out there. I mean, we don't travel any more than five minutes without a sleeping bag and a lunch. That's it. It's a, you know, <laughs> it's, 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 that's just the way it is. We don't cross over the East Bay. Nobody over there comes over here and, you know, South County, they don't go past what they call the tower is a tower. They don't go anywhere North of that. So um, it's, it's a, you know, for a small state, it's, it's kind of weird, but it is what it is, you know? Yeah. Um, but um yeah, so I was traveling to the north end of the state, which is, you know, and you, you know, in your 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 world, it's forty five minutes. It's like five minutes up the street. Here, it's like a day trip, you know. So, <laughs> yep. I did that for thirteen years, working for a uh, a well known jewelry company, Tiffany and Company, out of New York City. I did their uh, tool and die work for them. Um, it was uh, there was six of us in the tool room. I kind of I kind of led the tool room for a little bit, and then. Uh, I decided that the corporate world was not for me. So I had been doing this on the side at nights and weekends for friends and myself and stuff. And I started on a little, a little bench. I always tell the story. A little bench was a two by 12 piece of a two by 12 plank, about four feet long. Um, so I started doing it for friends and, and, and myself and family and stuff. And, uh, a good friend of mine who we fish still fish together. He worked up at, at Tiffany, Tiffany as well. He, he said, why don't you put an ad on Craigslist? And I was like, well, I really don't want to do that. I, you know, I don't want to work two jobs, blah, blah, blah. Well, come forward about another five, seven years, things started to go south up at Tiffany up there. They started more stuff was going overseas, blah, 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 the whole nine yards. And, um, I, I wasn't feeling comfortable with the position anymore. So, I said, well, maybe he's got a point. So I put an ad on Craigslist. I, the first one I did, and I don't know if this was an omen or what, but it was the uh, the editor of Points East Magazine, which I don't even know if that's around anymore. Um, this guy brought me an old 704. He says, can you refurbish this thing? It was his great-grandfather's or grandfather's or whatever. I said, yeah, I'll see what I can do. So I, I did it all up. I sent it back to him. He says, uh, he picked it up. He said, I want to write an article about your business. And I said, wow, I was flattered. It's like, I'm, I'm working in my basement. Who wants to write a story about me? You know, so he wrote a little article. It kind of, it, you know, it got publicized and everything else. I still have the original copy here somewhere. Um, and then it just grew from there. I mean, it's it just like one thing led to another, to another, to another. We had a website built, um, which I was kind of hesitant about because I didn't want to get overrun with work. But at the same time, I had a have a way of bringing work in. I mean, I, you know, I don't have a marketing department. I can't, <laughs> I can't send people out and market for me. So I figured the worst, the best word of the best marketing would be word of mouth. If I could hook up with some guys that really, Absolutely. You, know, you know, treat them right. And, you know, that's my, been my philosophy is like, 
you know, if you're going to do something, just say you're going to do it. And if you're going to do it, make sure you do it right. And don't, there's no second chances, you know? Um, yeah, it's, everything's mechanical. It happens, you know, everything's, everything happens for, you know, something, you know, a gear or something breaks like you had, you guys had up your way and stuff, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's going to happen. So, um, but luckily the way we do things, um, is that, you know, I'm not the shop, as you guys know, I, I won't take the cover off and throw grease on top of grease. That to me is, you might as well not even do it, you know, and it's not fair to you guys. It's not fair to me because I'm going to see that reel in two weeks again. And, um, I've seen it happen. It's happened to me. You know, I used to have my reel service by another shop. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I started doing my own because I just wasn't happy. Um, I don't fish like you guys fish. You guys are out there every day and, you know, you guys are hooked into some big, big fish and the last thing you need is a problem, you know? Um, and like I said, it happens, but you try to try to cover all the bases so it doesn't happen. You know, you got, you got paying customers. The last thing they want to see on your boat, you know, you get all the, the boat cleaned up and, you know, you're all rigged up, ready to go. And, you know, you get crap reels on board. They don't want to see that, you know, yeah. that's not good for your business. It's not good for my business and it's not safe for anybody. So, um, so that's the way I look at it. You know, that's, that's my philosophy. I continue to do that. Um, some guys, I've had some guys squabble, it, you know, it takes a little longer. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not the shop for you. Then you have to go somewhere else. I mean, um, you know, it's every reel gets on the bench. It gets broken down to the frame and that's it. I mean, it, it gets built back up and everything gets checked. There isn't a screw. There isn't a spring that we don't look at. Um, if it's in question, I just change it. I mean, there's no need. To, well, I think it's okay. You know, and it's like, and next thing you know, a barren seize is up. Now you're stuck. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's not working for anybody. So. I think one, one thing that sets you apart too is your communication. I mean, you know, we know yeah. bare essentials to get us by for, you know, a quick mm-hmm. fix or keeping our stuff yep. going throughout the season. But yep. if you're tearing our stuff apart and you're like, you know, this part comes from the manufacturer to really be Loctited down or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I like that you call us or transparent about it. So we right. are able to identify that issue if it, you know, yeah. happens to us right. in the middle of the season, right. you know, that not everyone right. does that. And that's, that's super yeah. important. Just that awareness. No, it is. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I mean, you know, just be fair with guys, be open with guys. I mean, let's face it. There's no, there's no secrets to what I do. Um, you can go on YouTube. Anybody can go on YouTube and do it. Um, and I've had guys do it and I've said this year here, for some reason, I think guys are trying to, you know, um, they know what the time frame or the lead time is going to be. So they're trying to do it themselves. And just yesterday I took five reels and Ziploc bags. in. so, um, <laughs> <laughs> they lost a little patience. <laughs> yeah. They lost a little patience. One guy said, my wife couldn't do it anymore. She just put it in the bag. It's like your wife was working on your reel. It's like, Oh my God. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. I mean, they'll get up in the middle of the night at two o'clock in the morning. They'll step on a spring or something. Well, there's that spring you lost exactly. or, yeah. or whatever, you know. Some, some of that stuff is so small. I don't know how you do yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, some of the stuff is, is really small. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. The bait casters that are out there. I mean, I've seen so many freshwater bait casters used in salt water and they just gum up with salt and they're just really not made for that environment. That's all there is to it, you know? And, um, but guys love them cause they fit in the palm of their hand. They, they give them the ratio they want. Gear ratio drag is, is fine. Um, but I mean, they just don't hold up, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's so many little pots. It's crazy. Um, a lot of the pots these days, I mean, you know, you got, you got brass in with plastic parts. So, you know, plastic is made to, to as, as a sacrificial uh, element of the reel, so if something metal jams up, the plastic strips out and you're replacing the plastic rather than the metal. So, um, but 
with that said, I mean, you're seeing more and more plastic in today's reels, which is not good because the salt just, you know, it, it gets in there, binds them up. And, um, you know, all the tolerances end up getting loose. And next thing you know, you get a piece of junk in two years. So, yeah, you know, it, that's that's the tough part. But it is what it is. You got to deal with it and move on, you know. So, Jen, uh, do you have a question? Yeah, kind of. Maybe it'll bring us through a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, most of our listeners, I'm going to say, are, are offshore uh, mm-hmm. type listeners. Um, yep. If guys were to, to say buy you know, uh, four or five brand new one thirties and, and, uh, it doesn't matter the brand. Is there mm-hmm. certain things that you recommend when it comes to offshore reels, uh, just right off the bat that you should do just for brand new reels to kind of be preventative? This episode is sponsored by Costa Del Mar. If you didn't know already, Costa makes some of the best fishing sunglasses on the market. They have a ton of frame options and offer a wide variety of lens colors. And their 580 color enhancing polarized lens technology is tried and true. We are big fans of their blue mirror lenses for our offshore fishing charters and their green mirror lenses for inshore. They've stepped up their game big time and they offer a great new line of performance fishing apparel. We've been wearing a lot of it the past few seasons on charters. We found that all of it's well-designed, comfortable, durable, quick drying. It can handle a beating. To check out Costa's great selection of sunglasses, apparel, and wide variety of other products, visit costadelmar.com. Right. So, my big thing, and, and guys will laugh at me when I tell them this. They, 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 I've had a couple of guys tell me, well, you're just saying this because you own a, a real service business. And it's really not that. It, and basically what it comes down to, it's like I, I use this analogy all the time. is like take your brand new truck and drain all the oil and fluids out of it and go drive down to Florida and back again doing about 80 miles an hour pulling a trailer or a boat or whatever. And, you know, let me know how you make out when you come back, because that's basically what, you, what you're going to have is you're going to have a bunch of ground up metal. That's what you're going to have, you know. Wow. Um, and that's what happens nowadays is when these, these reels are built, my, my way of looking at it is there's two ways of looking at it. The first way is that they don't lubricate them at all at the factory. I mean, 90% of the reels that I see brand new out of the box um, I just have nothing in them. They're bone dry. So it's back to the analogy of your truck. I mean, you start going out there and you get into a big fish and that thing runs. The next thing you know, you know, you're trying to reel it in and the, the gears are skipping and, you know, things aren't sliding like they should. Two speed buttons aren't working and uh, your clickers aren't working. And it's just all kinds of stuff that can go wrong. Um, so what I do, I tell guys, and I mean, not everybody has to wants to do this and I get it. And I honestly, I promote guys to, to, to try it. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing you're going to do that's going to hurt the reel that we can't fix or put back together. OK, um, on the offshore stuff, what I tell guys is if you're if you're worried about things flying out on you, uh, pieces missing, always take the opposite cover off from the handle. So don't take the handle side off. Take the other cover off. What that does is that allows you to pull the spool assembly out and now you can access everything on the inside of that cover for the handle side okay your gearing is in there uh your clicker buttons in there and pretty much everything you need to know your your your, your um uh your cam for your your drag your lever drag is in there 
So you can get some grease in there. And I mean, again, some grease is better than no grease. Let's face it. Um, so if you can, if you get a brand new reel, you're not comfortable. It doesn't feel right. It's a little sticky maybe, or it's a little rough. Um, you know, by all means, take the cover off on the opposite, the handle side. Cause like I said, there's nothing in there other than maybe a barren. That's about it. Um, and then your whole spool assembly comes out and your spool assembly actually houses your drag assembly, which is on the, on the handle side usually, or it could be on, it, it, it depends on the model. It could be on one, one side or the other, but you'll see everything inside your reel and you can basically get something in there. And again, anybody can do it. I mean, you can do it the night before your trip if you wanted to. I wouldn't advise it, but just in case something goes south. But, um, you know, for the most part, that's that's basically what I see. Um, it's no different with the inshore stuff. Um, spinning reels, you, know, you look at the spinning reels compared to offshore stuff. I mean, offshore stuff, yes, it takes a beat when the fish, but, you know, your spinning gear, you're, you're probably making a 1,000 casts every trip, okay? So that there is high speed. The gears are high speed. They're, they're, they're much finer material. They're trying to make them lighter with the offshore gear. I mean, you're, you're fighting it from a, a fighting butt in the, the gunnel of the boat. You're not really worried about weight. You really want weight at that point. Mm. Um, if you're fishing from a belt, that's a different story. But, you know, usually you have the harness and all that other stuff on. Where a spinning reel, even a conventional reel, I mean, there's there's none of that. So you're, you're fishing it just like, you know, you're making a 1,000 casts or you're dropping down, who the heck knows, 2,000 times a trip. You know, you know whether you're dropping 8 ounces or 10 ounces or 12. Um, you know, that all wears on the reel, uh, eventually. Um, so that's super important to get that stuff, get some grease in there. Um, you'll see a lot of, I see a lot of reels, you know, brand new out of the box with nothing in them. And I always joke cause it's like it either, it was either built on a, a finished up on a Monday or a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Monday, the guy was probably hung over and Friday, the guy just wanted to get the hell out of the shop and go fishing. So he just threw it together and <laughs> put it in a box. So you're seeing brand new $1,200 reels with that are basically dry. Yeah, bone dry. Bone. The other, That's the other analogy. Yeah, the other, the other issue, and I don't know if it's a real issue. I, well, I know it's an issue, but I don't know if it's really happening like this. But we all see the container ships sitting out there in the ocean, just bobbing around. All right, those things are in those big metal boxes. Okay, well, your reels are in cardboard boxes inside those metal boxes. Well, those metal boxes heat up and they cool down, heat up and cool down. So condensation builds up in these reels. Um, I had a guy bring a brand new box, and you know. My thing, you know, I, I, I always, my, my thing has always been attention to detail. That's, that's how I look at everything in my life. A tool and die maker, everything was like tenths of an inch, everything I dealt with. So, and it, it's flooded over into this, and that's what's making it work for me because nobody really looks at stuff like I look at stuff. So this guy brings a brand new pen slammer three in, and the first thing I look at is the box. And the box, box has water damage on it. And I'm saying, okay, so maybe he, maybe it, it was fell in the snow outside of his house or maybe whatever, something happened. So I called him up. I said, listen, I said, uh, and I, I was, I was finding stuff in this reel that I have never seen in my life, you know, like, like almost like condensation, but it was like, you know, how dried up salt gets, it gets yeah. all that white color. That's yeah. what it looked like inside. It's a brand new reel. He's never fished it. So I, I called him up. I said, listen, I got to ask you a question. I said, I noticed the box is a little wet and the, your reel's got some, some abnormal stuff going on for a brand new reel. He said, to be honest with you, he said, I thought it was kind of odd when he bought the reel that the box was wet. But he said, I just thought it was from the shop or whatever. Um, he did a little bit of homework on it. Come to find out that was one of the reels that was in that one of the containers out, out in the, the ocean. They're bobbing around for a while. So I don't know if it's rainwater that got in there or what huh. the, the condensation. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But 
you know, e- we even got that. snow. I mean, I'm sure snow is an issue sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Snow could be any kind of moisture. It yeah. gets in there. You know, it's, it's, again, it's like, you know, taking all the fluids out of your car and go running in a pond. I mean, something's going to go in there and you're going to have a problem. So it's, it's pretty much the same, same scenario. Wow. You know, so yeah, I mean, a pre lubing is a good thing, you know, and, um, you know, I, I, it's not a lot of guys that want to do it because they think it's a waste of money. But I mean, in, the, in my eyes, I mean, either now you pay now or you're going to pay later because, I mean, you're going to end up either throwing the reel away or you're going to have problems out there on the first day of your season. You're going to you're going to have issues, you know, um, you'll be I've replacing hand- brand new parts immediately. Right. Exactly. Yep. Mm. I've seen uh, I've seen handles. I had a guy uh, he had a uh, Shimano Tiagra 130 brand new out of the box last year. He went out and fished. We had a close in tuna bite here at Point Judith. And um, everybody was a tuna fisherman that last year. So uh, guys would go out in 20-foot boats. They didn't know what they were doing. they just go buy stuff online and just, just throw it on a rod and go fish. Um, the guy had a fish on, and, and the handle busted off the screw. The, the, the handle nut for the holes on the handle just broke. It just broke, and now he's stuck. Now the fish is just ripping line out. He has no idea what the hell to do. Uh he finally got enough brains. He cut the line, but I don't know how many yards of line. You know, he <laughs> yeah. lost. It's like, yeah, you better just stick with inshore stripers. I think you'd be fine with that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it was a mess. But, that's funny. You know, that's what you deal. As with. far as uh, <coughs> like the average person that's buying these offshore reels, say they wanted to do preventative uh, lubrication on them or mm-hmm. you know yep. greasing or whatever. Um, what products can these guys find? That are e- that's easily accessible. Maybe not for like a professional like you. You may buy something in bulk or whatever. But mm-hmm. what's yep. what's some products that guys can buy that they can use inside and outside their reels for uh, okay. yeah. when they're brand new? This episode is brought to you by Rodan Marine Systems. Technology in the marine industry seems to be improving at an exponential rate from year to year. And Rodan Marine is at the forefront of the GPS anchor and trolling motor industry. We've been running a Rodan GPS anchor on our 30-foot center console for a few seasons now, and it's been a game changer. With quick deployment and the simple push of a button, you can anchor down on a spot and stay within a few feet of your target location without having to deal with a traditional anchor, 20-plus feet of heavy chain, 400 feet of anchor line, obviously depending on how your setup is, but it's just very, very convenient and accurate. The fishing applications for using a Rodan are really endless. We find it extremely useful for both our inshore striped bass fishing as well as our offshore tuna fishing. And the customer service and support at Rodan is amazing. They offer overnight shipping on parts and are available to troubleshoot any issues that you might have We've put close to a thousand hours on our motor and have had next to no issues. Any problems or questions that we've had, the team at Rodan responded quickly and has had parts to us the next day. If you're interested in taking the next step on improving your boat's anchoring system and giving yourself an advantage when it comes to fishing, make sure you check out Rodan Marine Systems line of GPS anchors. Visit RodanMarine.com to check them out. I've, I've tried a lot of different greases, as you can imagine. Um, honestly, the best grease that I found bang for the buck is you can go to your local uh, Ace or uh, Marine store, Ace Hardware. I don't know if it's uh, over here. We have Ace with the Marine store inside of it. 
Um, they uh, Quicksilver Marine Grease. It's the same stuff basically you're using your trailer axles, okay? Uh, comes in a tube. Um, I don't have a tube here close, but um, it comes in a tube, and you basically just, you know, you can use that. It's like a it's like an off-white color. It's almost like a, a beige color, I guess you could call it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that pretty much gets used on every reel that I service. Um, I was trying the, the pen blue grease. That's okay, but it turns to oil real quick. And as far as I'm concerned, if it's going to turn to oil, you know, all those lubrication properties are pretty much gone. You know, and, and on top of that, you're going to be covered in oil in the boat. You know, it's, it's just going to come out of the reel. It's as simple as that. Huh. This this Quicksilver Marine Grease sticks the gears really well. Um, it, it's, it's amazing how well it does stick. Um, you don't need a lot of it. Like inshore gear, I don't suggest a lot of it. Offshore gear, you know, I, I don't want to say the more the better, but the more the better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so it lubricates stuff. Um, you know, as far as where to use the greases, okay, and then we'll get into, I'll tell you what kind of oils I use. Um, the greases, any kind of gear, any kind of moving part that isn't a shaft, okay, or doesn't go into a sleeve or a barren, um, I recommend putting the, the, uh, the grease on gears, uh, two speed buttons. Um, you know, a lot of your reels have the detent buttons. I push them down and put some grease on that so it seals it up so they don't get stuck down. Uh, that's a big problem. Um, you know, and that's that's pretty much what I use the grease for. I mean, even you could take a little bit of this grease and actually put it on the reel foot before you clamp it on down onto your, your rod butt just to kind of kind of put a barrier in there so that the, uh, you don't have the disseminal metals. That's a big issue. Yeah. Uh, you guys see it on the boats all the time with the stainless and aluminum. It's always an issue. Um, and it's, it's no different with the reels, you know. So a little bit of barrier coat on that is perfect. Uh, the threads of your rod clamps. Just a little bit, and, you know. Don't put a lot on there. You don't want to be covered in this stuff when you're fishing. You just wipe it on there and just screw it down and be done. Um, yeah, on the exit, on the ferrules and stuff. All you really need is a film, just a film barrier between film. the ferrule, the butt, and the actual exactly. reel itself. And do, yep, and do the same thing on the on the reels with the uh, the mount up to the butts. Just a just a light coating. That's all you need. Um, and it's just enough, just enough to to stop it. Is it going to save it? Is it going to you know? last long term probably not you're gonna have to do it a couple times but um at least this you got a barrier coat there um as far as oils um there's all kinds of oils you can use i know a lot of guys use all kinds of oils i'm friends with guys on this new facebook group they're just using whatever they can find at their hardware store um i use a product called relax um i swear by it i've used it on my own stuff i've used it since i think it's since it came out and every reel that gets that's gets serviced here, I use Relex on. Um, Relex is a light oil, but it's also almost like a penetrating oil. So if you have something that's stuck, you can put a little drop on that and let it sit for a little bit, and it'll 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 take anything off. It's crazy. Um, so pick yourself up some of that. Um, it comes in an aerosol can or it comes in a, a squirt bottle. Um, I use a. I think it's a. I think it's a four ounce bottle. Yeah, four ounce bottle will probably last me a year and a half of service because wow. you don't need a lot of it. It just, it just, it's amazing how it just seeps into the, the finest crevices. You know, like a like a baron has a shield on it. Most of them. Everybody says, "Oh, you can't, you can't put that in a baron." Well, you can because you can. It'll seep its way underneath the shield and lubricate the baron. Um, so, you know, if you get a noisy baron, it's a good option to try that rather than, you know, try to, you know, if you're in a jam, you, you want to use the reel and, you know, you, you know, get some oil in there. It will it'll probably free it up. 
you know, enough to use it. And eventually you're going to have to replace the Baron, but at least you keep it going. Mm. Um, not a bad idea to have on the boat, even, uh, you know, if, if you run into a sticky handle. Um, yeah, I mean, on the on the offshore reels, on the, the this is just specifically with the pens, the older pens, um, not the newer pens. But the older pens with the big gold knob on it has two hollows on either end of it, okay? If you look down on, on both sides, there's a big screw down there. It's a regular screw, a uh, regular fill, uh, slot, slotted head screw. If you can get the screwdriver down in there and, and put some pressure on that and unscrew those screws on both sides, you can slide that whole handle assembly off the main shaft of the handle, okay? And what that does, that allows you to get the salt and the crud that's in there out. Then put the real X on it and put it back together and put those screws back in. Put a little bit of grease on the end of the screws so it, it just rides in the slots there and oh, it doesn't you. gum it up. But, um, you know, there's things you can do to, to get around it. You know, some of the newer reels, um, in fact, I'm looking at one of your reels right now. Um, there's a plate on the handle knob. There's two Phillips head screws. You can take them out and you can access the uh, the top of the, the, um, the shaft for the handle right there. A little bit of grease, uh, oil down in there. Um, you guys shouldn't have a problem because that's one of the things I service. I mean, I, I, that's one thing I'm a stickler about is uh, handle sticking or squeaking. I mean, any kind of squeaking, that's it. Take the rod off, take the reel off the rod and throw it in the water. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, uh, make there. sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. That was great. That was so, really good information. Yeah. We paused this episode for a quick announcement for one of our good friends um, and fellow charter captains, Jesse Martello. Uh, Jesse's son, Jesse Jr., uh, was recently diagnosed with an aggressive form of leukemia called T-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And while the outlook for Jesse is optimistic, the battle is just beginning. Um, The doctor's initial prognosis indicates that Jesse Jr. is in for a fight that could last three years with chemotherapy and many hospital visits during what should be the prime years of his youth. And um, Jesse's an avid fisherman. He mates regularly for his dad um, and their charter business, Think Big Charters, aboard their, aboard their boat, Necessary Expense. They fish from Connecticut um, to the Northeast Canyons. Uh, they tuna fish. They're, they're a part of um, our community, and, and they're great people. Um, Jesse Jr. also enjoys playing soccer, basketball, lacrosse. He races go-karts. Um, he skis, he snowmobiles. It's it's really sad that he has to deal with this um, at this point in his life. But we're here to support Jesse, and we're hoping that um, you all can take a moment and and help support him as well. Uh, right now, Jesse's family faces uncertainty with medical costs and other financial burdens associated with treating this disease. And to help ease the burden, there's been a website that's been set up to help facilitate fundraising efforts and help aid Jesse Jr.'s family and the entire Martello family with expenses that they're going to face during this battle. So if you take a moment and visit thinkbigjesse.com, that's thinkbigjesse.com, starting on February 15th, there's going to be a series of raffles and auctions for some some really great um, items and some charters, um, pen and real easy custom rods. They're donating reels, rods, There's many other sponsors and supporters on there, um, many of which have sponsored and supported the podcast as well. And um, we just hope you take a moment to, to go on the website and support and support a great cause for a great kid.
So again, visit thinkbigjesse.com and uh and feel free to donate and participate in any of the the raffles and the um the silent auctions. Um how I mean I know you don't get into it but uh have you played around with trying to lubricate guys guides on offshore rods before? Yeah, so that's one thing that I'm seeing a lot more of cuz a lot of guys I think, especially down here with the tuna bite being close in, they're just buying stuff, whatever they can find, because they want to get into the action this year. Um, I've seen an awful lot of roller guides, uh, AFCO roller guides. I mean, they're good guides and everything. But on the older rods, let's face it, they gum up. It's only a bushing. Um, Some cases, it's a plastic bushing. Sometimes it's a bronze bushing. You know, so the biggest thing is, you know, do yourself a favor, back those screws off um, and and take those, drop those rollers out once, one at a time. Use a little bit of WD-40 on a Q-tip and get in there and clean those bushings out. Um, you know, a little uh, toothbrush or a little brass wire brush of some sort uh, to brush inside the frame so it kind of it, it kind of gets rid of that crud buildup. Um, you know, it's what I'm finding it's 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 a combination of both, if not just one, of if the rollers don't turn, it's either the rollers are gummed up or the frame inside the frame where the roller rides is is got all kinds of corrosion in there. Um, you just want it to move free. I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not going to spin like a Baron would spin, but you know, when you get line pressure on that, you want to make sure that they're okay because you know, in the, in the fight that all it takes is that line to skip over the, one of the rollers and then get jammed between the guide and the guide frame and the roller and you're done. Yeah. Um, you know, so you think um, do that once a year, just clean those out. Yeah. I would say once a year in the, in the spring, if, I mean, if, if you find one, that's an issue, then I would just replace it. I mean, look at the bushings really close. If there's any kind of galling or any kind of like chips or anything like that, that's that's kind of to the extreme. I don't think you'd ever see that. But Winthrop makes good stuff. They really, yeah. they really do. So, but they're no, you know, they're no different than any of the other ones too. You got to keep them clean. Right. Um, you know, the the most important guide really is the, is the tip top. You want to make sure that roller stays clean. Um, you know, you want to make sure whatever you put, whenever you put that in, that the space between the guide frame and the roller body or the roll bases is as tight as possible. So that line has no chance of skipping over. Yeah. Um, you know, you get a little bit of slack in that line. It just, it just, it'll skip over and then you'll have a problem. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a, that's a big thing. And, you know, it's a, that was a good point to bring up. Winthrop um, actually has a little recessed pocket in the frame, so it can't jump. Yeah. There's no way for it. Right. To yeah. Jump, yep. Sweet. Yeah. Does a yeah, nice that's, job that's, of designing that. Yeah, no, that's that's really nice. That's what that's what they all should do. But you know, I get it. It's it's uh, the price of the guide, you know. Yeah. But but um. What um, what about products for? I know a method, but I don't know if you have any products in mind for preventing pitting on the on the spool. So you know, got a lot of guys don't change line on reels or mm-hmm. or whatever else. Is there any sort of like protectant uh, that you use for that part of the reel? This episode is also brought to you by LT Marine Products. Since 2011, LT Marine has been designing and developing innovative, unique, and high-quality American-made sport fishing equipment. Taylor and I have known the crew at LT since they started. Chris is a great guy. Uh, we've been using every single piece of equipment um, that he's that he's made over the last several years. Um, his rod holders are extremely heavy duty and high quality. He has the machining equipment to be able to put your boat name on the face plates. 
um, and do other custom work as well, which is pretty cool. Um, and recently, over the last couple of years, we've worked with him to develop some new products that have actually been very popular amongst the the northeast um, northeast fishermen, specifically offshore and uh, and tuna fishermen. So, two of those products have been his uh, his swim hook for if you're harvesting a big big giant tuna. Um, you know, you want to take care of that fish as, as best you can prior to bringing him on board. And part of that process is after the fight, swimming the fish, you know, for a certain amount of time, kind of depending on the health of the fish and, and how the fight went, but usually ends up being around an hour to get all the lactic acid out of the muscles and, and give a, a better product at the end of the day when we, when we sell our, when we sell our fish. So, we helped him design a, an affordable swim hook to be able to tow the fish behind the boat at a low speed <clears throat> and and accomplish that goal. So um, that was a pretty cool product that we that we collaborated on. And another one is uh, the new LT Marine uh, release hook. We've been doing a lot of release fishing for giants uh, over the last couple of years with the way that the quota, the quota has been open and closed. So we've really had a need for a way to properly revive these fish and get them back into, uh, into good health upon release. So um, if you go on the LT Marine website, you can see the release hook there. Uh, you can also go on our Instagram, Facebook, and see how we have it rigged. But it's a it's a tool that we've implemented um, into our our process aboard our boats, and and it um, it makes releasing fish a lot safer for the crew, a lot better for the fish, and um, it's a really high quality product. Um, we used it all season, never had a problem, never broke it. So definitely check out that new that new release hook. Um, from LT, um, or if you want to see any of Chris's products, visit ltmarineproducts.com. Please make sure you use the promo code CBROS for 10% off your next order. Yeah, so um, on, on a lot of the older, you know, just jumping back into the inshore category a little bit, or, you know, the lighter you know, offshore, I guess. Um, you know, Shimano, uh, Penn had the, uh, the, um, oh God, what the hell was it? I forgot the name of it now. Well, they had a reel that had aluminum spool, okay? And the aluminum, the aluminum, forget it. I mean, the offshore reels aren't bad. They're aluminum with anodized coating, but there's a lot of, a lot of older spools out there that are just plain aluminum. They had like a coating on them. What happens over time is that, that salt water works its way down and through that Dacron and it just keeps going. And, you know, like I said, if you don't change the, the line, I'll just spin it off even and clean it and check the spools. Um, you don't know what's going on underneath. You just don't. Um, and there's no way of finding that out until it's number one, the spool breaks in half, which I've seen. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine, dude? No. Uh, I've seen yeah. a lot of things break while fighting a fish, but that I have not That's seen. And I hope no. I never see that. Ever. It was unbelievable. The guy, the, just a short story, I won't divert too far, but. Uh, the guy told me, he says, I know the spool's rubbing on the frame. And I'm telling well, bring the reel in. Maybe there's something, there's something obviously wrong. So I, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm turning the handle before I service it, just like I always do. And I'm looking at it. It's like the spool's like turning like an egg. It's like, and the other side's round. It's, it's, it's not, it's like, what the hell's going on? So I 
first thing I went after was the line. I spun the line off. I don't I don't have a machine big enough to take all the line off, so I was taking it off in pieces and uh or sections. And uh I got down and the spool just fell out of the frame. It's like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I, wow. I wish I had the spool still. I gave it back to him because I found out later his buddies wanted to bust his butt and I think it's on the boat somewhere that That's you know awesome. just to check it out. But anyways, <laughs> So this guy, so basically on these uh, these pen reels, what was happening is that the guys would um, guys would put the dacron on and all the spools. The spools are really thin aluminum. The salt would migrate down in and attack the spools, and then the spools would get pitted. I mean, they get to the point where they're just like holes right through the side walls of the spools. It was just crazy. So what I did is I ended. Up, I, I was talking to a friend of mine. And he said, "Why don't you put some kind of coating on that?" I said, "Well, that's a good idea." So what I did is we do some rod work here, some some inshore rod work. We'll replace guides and tip tops and stuff. So I have a whole setup to to do rods. So what I did is I took some rod building epoxy and I made a little fixture to hold the spool in the in the uh, the uh, the lathe, the dryer motor, and I would coat the inside of the spool with a little bit of rod building epoxy right up to the the rims of the spools. Huh. And basically what that does is just puts a barrier coat on there so the, the salt can't get through it. Um, you know, that works on the smaller spools. I don't know if you'd ever want to coat a big big, a big offshore spool on a 130 or something. But yeah. um, other than that, I mean, there's really not much you can do. I mean, you could rub some, get some like uh, some of the, the real uh, the real X or something and rub it on there. Uh, some guys use fluid film. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that stuff. Um, they'll kind of coat the spool with that and then put the line on top of it. You can't put too much on it because, you know, it'll start affecting the lines and stuff. And you won't have enough friction but, down the arbor of the spool to hold your Well, that's stuff the tight. other thing, too. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta get those arbor knots, uh, as tight as you can. I mean, you don't want stuff starting to slip because now, now you get all kinds of issues. Yeah. So we just put um, a little WD 40 on them, right? Yeah, a little WD, WD on a rag, let yep. it dry, and then we, Every yep. year, you know, back to your point about unspooling reels. I know we've mentioned mm-hmm. this in other podcasts, but it's super right. important to keep your stuff in tip-top right. shape is to take that Dacron and hollow braid, solid braid, whatever, off yep. each season. Yep. Clean it. Clean the arbor of the spool. It's mm-hmm. amazing it if you just on. wait two years, the difference. Yeah. Brand new reels. year and the two years. It's it's a unbelievable yeah. how much, like uh, like you said, attacking of the spool and all the other parts. Mm-hmm. That happen yep. if you don't just stay on top of it. Yep. One uh, kind of the tie into all this too. We've always been kind of in the philosophy of not soaping our reels like mm-hmm. crazy because right. we think that it you know degreases them and and gets you know gets in there and removes some of the stuff you want to keep in there. Is that true? Are you under that same? Yeah. So um, a lot of guys will a lot of guys will soap them. I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, because let's face it, I mean, there's all kinds of nooks and crannies where that soap's going to get into. Um, the grease, this this Quicksilver Marine grease, um, it holds up well, but there's no need to introduce more more detergents to it than what's what what's you will with just normal spraying off, you know? Yeah. Uh, there is products out there, Real, uh, not Realix, or maybe Realix makes it. Um, it's a... Uh, it's a product you can spray on, but I don't. I don't recommend spraying anything on the reel. What I recommend is spraying on a rag and wiping the reel down. Okay, mm-hmm. um, you know when you get back to the dock, you know a, a, a fine mist of spray from the ho- the freshwater hose to kind of rinse the salt built up off, um, and that kind of gets gets the biggest part of it rinsed off. 
Um, you know, I've seen guys just a straight stream into the reel. The only thing you're doing is pushing all that salt back in. Um, and those are the reels that I see that are just, you can't get screws out. I mean, it's just a mess. Um, so I recommend a fine spray, um, and then let them dry. Even if you took WD-40 on a rag and just wiped it down, you don't want to soak them. You don't want, you know, you don't want WD-40 holding a line or any kind of salt, uh, uh, spray or the salt, um, corrosive spray in in your line you just want to keep that as clean as possible that's why i recommend the rag you know if you keep a, an old towel on board or something you can just use for that that's perfect you know yeah. um and the same thing with the rods wipe the rods down as well i mean you'd be surprised you know an old timer told me years ago he used to build rods and guys would bring rods and he'd, he'd take a towel and <laughs> wipe them down with wd-40 it looked like brand new yeah and I, I tried it and it actually does look like brand new it takes all the crap off the rods and makes them look good yeah um you know, and, and, you know, get some real, real X on the rollers and stuff like that. There are little points like that. Um, one thing that guys don't do, and I think they should do, and I mean, it, it, it could be a little bit of a pain, is to back the nuts off on the rod butts a little bit. From time to time, put a little bit of real X, keep that lubed up. Um, I have two 130 setups right now. I can't get the, I can't get the reels off the rods. I'm going to have to cut the reels off to get them off the rods to service them and replace the feet. That's the only way I'm going to get them off. Wow. Um, I've tried heat. You know, anything other than a pipe wrench, and the guy told me, he says, you know, use a pipe wrench if you have to. It's like, I don't think you want me to use a pipe wrench on the butts, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they just won't come off because that that salt gets in that aluminum and just you know seals up those threads, and you, it just just like welds it. That's it. You know, so a little bit of oil in there to kind of work them back and forth, then run them back up on the foot. Um, same thing with the clamps, uh, any of the clamps, the turnbuckles, whether it's a one thirty of the turnbuckles. Or the uh, the clamp that actually clamps onto the rod, back that off. And um, what I've been doing is using a piece of rubber inner tube between the the clamp and the in the the butt itself. And that kind of seals it up, yeah. kind of stops that electrolysis issue. So some of the some of the new reels or you know rolled reels come with that, like those little rubber right. pieces. Like the new pens do yep. basically like yep. shrink like a it is shrink tube. I think yeah, they're pretty much Similar. sending or. Yeah, Some it's, it's form pretty close it. to that. Yeah. yeah, a lot of guys throw it out. They think it's part of the packaging, and they just throw it out. Right. And it's like, you know, but eventually, I mean, if you put grease on it, you'll be fine. But yeah. you know, put that in there. It's not going to hurt. It, it'll, it'll, it'll keep it, um, um, keep it in good shape. Um, some of the other things, uh, you know, you know, the butts against into the rods, like like Brian said, a little like grease on that. Take those apart from time to time. Make sure they're free. Um, all that stuff helps. I mean, you know, it doesn't take much, doesn't take much time. I mean, waiting for clients to get on the boat, just, you know, do one at a time if, if you have to or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that way it, it saves a lot of headaches in the, in the later on. It definitely um, does. I mean, we spend a lot of time each spring, you know, mm -hmm. each, each fall, winter unspooling and each spring, you know, everything gets greased before it goes back on a rod, butt, strap wrench right. and everything. And yeah. Yeah. You know, it goes it goes a long way. Once you get up, you know, triple digits fishing in a season, you don't want stuff breaking down. Yeah. And you want to be able right. to, to pull stuff apart to repair it. No, exactly, exactly. You know, and that, it, you know, another thing to uh, consider, um, and you don't see this on new reels, but the new pens, they have a, a plastic bushing where the stainless screw goes down through the, the aluminum cover, okay? And that stops a lot of the electrolysis buildup, a lot of salt buildup. Smart. But if you, if you have a reel like that, that doesn't have the bushings, uh, a little bit of that, that quicksilver marine grease on the threads of the screws, and then screw it into the side cover. That'll kind of that'll kind of stop that from happening. 
it'll stop the, the assault from attacking the screws in the cover. Um, I got a reel right in front of me, an old 30, and I can't get the screws out of it because they're, they're basically welded in the cover. So now I got to drill all the heads out, which we can do, but it's just more work to get it apart, you know? Yeah. Um, and you can't, you know, in my eyes, you can't service a reel unless you can get it all the way apart. I mean, some guys will say, like the guy with that, the reel stuck to the rods, well, just service them on the rods. I, I, you can't service a reel on a rod. You just can't. Oh, you can, but you can't do it thoroughly, yeah. you know? So it has to come off. And it's only going to help him in the future because now he can get the reels off the rods later on, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just like anything else. I mean, you know, if you have a Maserati, you're driving it around Boston and all the salt and crap they put it on the road and you just put it in the garage for a year or two and you get back in, the doors don't open up. I mean, it's, it's kind of the same same thing. It's just take care of your stuff. I mean, because you pay enough money for it. It's not like it's, you know, a, a $100 investment. I mean, you got, you got a lot of money tied up, you know. Especially if you want to go out and fish, and the you know the bite's on, you don't want to be messing around. Saying, "Oh, I wonder if this works," you know. Yeah. Um, you want to make sure it's all in order and ready to go. So uh, I have two points, and I want to say them before I forget about the other one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, one is, um, can you? And I guess I'll say both, and then you can answer each. Uh, the first one is like, can you go through how you decide whether? or not to fix something for somebody. So say they have a reel that they buy brand new, that's 150 bucks and they want to have it serviced. There's something wrong with it. And you find something out that's, you know, that's substantial. That's going to potentially cost more or close to the amount of the reel that it would cost for a brand new reel. And then the second one is, uh, walk us through, like if, if we were going to bring you reels, which we already know the answer to this, but our listeners don't, if we're mm-hmm. going to bring you a bunch of reels, how do you like them, uh, prepared, I guess, like, um, you know, do you want okay. clamps left on them? Do you want them on spool? Do you want them mm-hmm. on butts? Do you not want them on butts, et cetera? Okay. Yeah. So to answer the first question, um, I've learned over the years that, you know, and I used to fix everything. I used to fix antique reels. I still do from time to time. I kind of, I kind of pick and choose what I want to do on that end. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, to your point, Taylor, I mean, you know, you're going to put $150 into a $25 reel. I mean, it's, it's in my mind, that's really not, not worth it. You know, if, but on the other side, if it's a sentimental thing, then that's something that needs to be discussed with the, the, the customer before we move forward with it. So he understands and there's no surprises, you know? Um, and we've had, cases where you know i've i've clearly stated my my issues with the reel to the customer saying hey you know you're gonna have to rebuild the whole reel it's gonna cost you you know 100 bucks to, to fix an old mitchell 300 um and he said no go ahead it's my grandfather's reel i want to keep running and then when we get done we give him the bill for 100 dollars. like well how come how come it's just like well you know you, you got to understand that you know it takes time to go through this stuff um you know i have a shop rate that i i i try to stick with um I am the, the, the I'm I'm the, probably the, the worst offender of it because I get wrapped up in these charity reels I call them where like I just you know like, I feel bad for the guy so I I stop working on it and next thing you know I'm up to my ears in it and it's like what the hell I got three hours into this this reel that's worth twenty five dollars like what do you do you know um, and of course at that point I have to finish it or I feel like I have to finish it so I finish it you know um, lately uh, because of workload this year I've I've turned away a lot of that work. Um, I've turned away a lot of shops that, that used to give me that work only because of that. Um, so, you know, and the, the shops tend to add on, they have to add a little bit for their, their service and my service. You know, yeah. I, I have a base price and then they add on. 
um, which is really not fair for the customer. Uh, one of my shops, I just I just gave them the, the word this morning that we're all set because of that. Uh, customers are calling me, com- complaining to me, like I charged them too much. Well, it really wasn't me. It was him upcharging my work like 20 bucks. It's wow. like, what are, you, what are you doing? It's like, I, how am I going to make money like this, you know? Yeah. So, so you know, to that point there, yeah, you have to, it's kind of like, I, I use my own dis- my own uh, discretion on what I want to work on. Um, you know, I, I will work on stuff. You know, you have to catch me on the right day if I'm not if I'm not really loaded up with work. Maybe I got some time. I can squeak in a, a, a lower end reel. But people have to understand that you know you still you still at the end of the day you have to make a living doing it. Otherwise, you won't be here. So right, <laughs> you exactly. Know. So um, and for the second question, um, you know, I have guys bring rods, the the big reels on on butts and stuff which is fine you can do that um you know i charge a little extra because it's 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 a reason why they send them with the butts on them because they can't get them off (laughs) so (laughs) it takes me a little longer to get them off in some cases but you know and i i've spent many hours with the torch and you know a wrench trying to get stuff apart just to get the reel off the the butt so i can service it um you know so i'd rather see the the reels with without the butts but if you can't get the reel off the butt then by all means send it in and uh you know we'll go easy on them and, you know it's not going to be that crazy and uh, we'll make sure we get it off and get everything lubed up so when they do it again it's not a problem yeah so um but, yeah so that's let's finish that yep and and le- you can leave line on or take line off yeah so i leave it up to the the, the uh, discretion of the the guy who owns the reel i mean if you if you're going to ditch the line i can take it off like i said i don't have a big enough machine uh, but i can take it off in sections and do stuff like that. Um, it's a, it takes a little more time to do it that way, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so most guys want to leave the stuff on that maybe take the top shot off, which I can do that. Um, you know, I could take the Dacron off. I just have no way of putting it back on. That's my problem. Um, I'm looking into a bigger machine because I'm seeing more offshore stuff and I got to be more prepared for that. Oh um, man, you're getting into the thick of it. <laughs> just, well, you know, it's, yeah. it's you know, I, I just want to be to the point where, you know, again, if I can, if I say I'm going to do them, I want to be able to do them and do them right. I don't want to, yeah. you know, uh, I've always said the money is in the details and details like, you know, like, you know, stuff that people doesn't don't really see. I see. So I got to go after it and I got to I got to just, you know, do what I need to do. Um, you know, and I just I just want people to be happy with the service. You know, I don't I don't want anybody. I'm sure there's going to be rumblings out there somewhere. Somebody's not happy about something, but. It is what it is, you know. I mean, uh, you can't please everybody, as you know. But you try to. I try to do the best we can, and um, you know, and that's where we go. Well, you do a good job. We certainly put our trust and faith into you and your attention attention to uh, to detail. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I, you know, I I I try. I mean, you know, I do a lot of reels, and this year here in particular, I have I have reels coming from all over the country, Washington State. Um, I do uh, Island the Fly Reels. They're based in British Columbia, Canada. They build the fly reels up there. Um, during this whole COVID thing, they, they shut down their factory completely. They're not even open. Um, to this day, they're still not open. Um, and guys send their fly reels. I mean, some of them, some of those fly reels are pretty expensive, you know, and they, they you know, it's no different than any other fisherman. You want to make sure your stuff is running at, at top notch. There's no doubt about it. Um, 
So those fly reels, when I get them, I mean, I make sure that those things are running like like tops. I mean, they have to. They want to spin more than five minutes on a, a steel head of spool. So we put the high end barons in it to get it to spin. Um, if I get the four four minutes and it's like, okay, take the barons out. They're out of alignment. Realign them. Put them back in. Try to get that five minutes that they want. So, um, and I've had pretty good luck with that. Um, I just did. I sent two reels to Oregon last week and one to Washington State. Um, you know, so. By guys doing that and sending stuff here, um, I've got a lot of other work other than fly reels because of that. Because I I, I want to believe it's the attention to detail um, that that really keeps them coming back. And that's you know as long as I stick to that philosophy, I'm fine. You know, and uh, I appreciate you guys you know giving me a shot because you know you, you guys didn't know me from a hole in the wall. You know, and it's like you know for you guys to send you know give me all these reels. You know, it's basically your your, your business right there in a box, you know, in two boxes. I mean, you know, that, that speaks a lot of them words and, you know, I, I, I really appreciate it. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, and then you guys go out and, you know, stick your neck out. Oh, Dave will take care of them. And, you know, I get more guys, especially this year. It's just incredible. So it's good. Uh, awesome. Can't thank you guys enough. Yeah. Glad yeah. it's a mutual relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's great to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now we just got to get you out of there so you can come fish. Yeah. Me. We got to, we got to get I know, you right? yeah. a big tuna fish. <laughs> yep. I got to make a trip, get up there and get going, you know? <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but, um, uh, one question for you. you it's yeah. going to be a tough one to answer, I think. Okay. Oh, if boy. you had to pick one offshore real brand to put your faith and money into, who would you pick? Mm-hmm. We got to be careful what we say here. <laughs> hey, you know, you right, see well, them all. Well, the good thing is, <laughs> no, I'm, no, not a, be I'm, not a, I'm not affiliated with any of them. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So my first choice, I get asked this a lot. My first choice would be, um, would would be uh, would be pen. Okay, I like the pens. Yeah. Um, there is some issues, as Brian and I discussed the last time we uh, we met at his dad's house or your dad's house. Um, you know those those issues there. I, I I don't I don't understand why they made the change they did like that, but they did. Yeah. Um, but you know, looking beyond that, um, you know, I would have to say Alley Technus is um one of the top one of the top ones and it may be even close to the first one um they're they're really good reels uh they hold up really well um and then then you can do the shimano trinidad's and uh uh, tiagra's in there and stuff um one thing about the shimano's i don't know it it could just be me i mean you guys fish them more you guys fish them i just service them but they seem a little seem to be a little more light duty than the pens and the alley technus i don't know it's just maybe it's just me but I'm looking at parts in them, and it's like, oh, it's kind of kind of small. That gear is kind of small compared to the other ones, you know? Interesting. Gotcha. So, um, you know, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but everybody has their personal preference. I mean, that's just my thought. Um, I know a lot of guys tend to sway away from the alley tactics because of the issues with, you know, potential issue with parts and stuff. Yeah. But I've never had that problem, so, um, you know, guys still fish them, so. Yeah. Do you see uh, each brand having their little niche as far as like size reels? You know, for instance, uh, is is Pen better in a certain size class reel range, and and Shimano better in a certain size? Like just sticking the standard, uh, I guess, offshore reels for now. Yeah. So I mean, um, and obviously you know, there's a million models too. So yeah. it's gonna... yeah, yeah. So. Let's if we just look at the one thirty um one thirty class reels, okay? Um because of the problems that we saw uh, that Brian and I saw with that gear, um 
I mean, I, I wouldn't say stay away from them, but I'd, I'd, I'd say be more aware of them, yeah. um, of, uh, you know, potential issues with them. Um, I think in the 130 class, I think, I think Shimano's got it, got it pretty good. Um, they're all right. Um, you know, and again, the Alley Technos, I think they, they make a 130, I believe. I, yeah. I think I've seen a couple of them. So, yep. um, yeah, so I mean, those two there. It seems to me that all all uh, real selections come down to the person that's using it, you know, what yeah. they used to and what yeah. they like, you know. And how well they're um, taking care of it throughout the season. Well, that's the thing, the, 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 the maintenance on it and, you know, just keeping up with it. That's that's a huge part of it, the whole program. Yeah. What are your thoughts on a vet? Uh, I got a couple of vets right now. I mean, they're built pretty well. Um, I have seen some issues with them that you wouldn't think you would see from them. But um, it's, it's you know, I think they're just, I don't know if they're, they're, it's not like they're new to it, but I think they're just trying to feel out the market of it. And, uh, you know, um, we've seen a lot of clickers blow up. I got two right now, uh, 50 wides with the clickers just blew right out of them. It's just one season. It's like, how the hell does that happen, you know? Yeah. So um, I've had correspondence back and forth with Avid, and uh, they're sending, actually sending me all new clickers and stuff for free. But. Um, that shouldn't happen. I mean, it's, you yeah. spend enough money on these reels; they should they should last a while. Uh, one thing I will say: the Abbots, they're not. They there is not one bit of grease in those reels when they come in. These two reels are pretty much brand new, and there's nothing in them. They're bone dry. Wow. Um, Shimano, Shimano's they're a little bit better. They got some grease. Pen, they usually load them up with the blue grease. Uh, I think they load them up with the blue grease because it turns the oil quick. And uh, that takes care of that, you know. It ends up being oil dripping out of it. So yeah, but um, we've know. had we've had good luck and bad luck with all of the above. Every reel we've broken, you know. Obviously, we're fishing. Yeah. we're fishing. You know, with pens right. now and have a partnership with them, and they've been great to us. But yeah. right, right. An eight hundred pound animal will wreak havoc on any brand. You know what it is too. Yeah. Is we have so many clients that have no experience. They don't understand right. when to reel, when not to reel. So no matter what we're using, they figure mm-hmm. out how to break it. You know, they're right. reeling against the pressure and they're they're putting right. all their weight down on the handle instead of trying to rotate the handle. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't understand rod action, so they think it's just you know as simple as you know winching on the reel. Yeah, they're not, yeah right. You know, right. They're not yeah. watching the rod action like we're used to watching. Right, right. Um, but um, right. I mean, some uh, we have some videos that we really can't show of you know two hundred fifty to three hundred fifty pound guys put, like leaning. F- back with almost two hands on the handle yeah. like it's already and it's already rotated back to hit their position right yeah, you know and, and they're else. holding <laughs> they're they're you know they got their whole body weight into it it's like mm-hmm. literally yeah. everything's gonna break we've, we've broken allotechnos and pens equally as much we had, we yeah. i don't know how many allotechnos handles just spun right off in the middle of fights and i don't know how many pen handles we've basically broken right off fighting fish yeah just you know? the way it goes right. it's crazy yeah, it's part of the it's part of the business, you know. I get I got a lot of local guys here that you know they they've switched over to the uh, uh, inshore stuff, uh, you know, the bottom fishing, even wire line stuff, uh, the Shimano Toriums, uh, the eight hundred series, seven hundred series, and uh, it's amazing. I mean, last summer I I think I saw probably about thirty of those reels with a post for the uh, the free spool, the bridge plate that holds the the pinion gear on. The post snapped right off the frame because people just you know, the fish runs and they, they slam the thing into gear or whatever they're doing to these reels. I mean, they just, they're just crucifying these reels. I mean, 
I've I've probably got five of them in my parts drawer now because they don't want to fix them because they don't hold up. You know, wow. um, they they went back to the old one thirteens for pens with you know you, you just you know can beat them up and still fish them. I mean, it's not the most elegant way of fishing, but right, it works. <laughs> yeah, it's like jigging with you a know? cinder block in your hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Those yeah, yeah. the heavy lead ground fish days wreak havoc. On those, oh, God, yeah. you know, fifteen to twenty size conventional reels, Every just reel. like mm-hmm. people drop, uh, flipping them back into gear with twenty ounces of lead screaming to the bottom. Yep. It, it's yep. just, I don't yep. care what reel it is, it's eventually going to have that issue. Yeah, yeah it's going to blow up. I mean, it's just there's no way around it. You know. Yeah. It just happens. You know, and then you get again the inexperienced people on the on the boat, and they just they just want to see the fish. That's all they want to see. You know, and. However, that gets up, it's like you know, and you guys must go crazy. I can imagine because, yeah, you know, you know how your gear is, and I, I see how your gear is. It's always in good shape, and you know, and the last thing you want to see is some like three hundred foot, uh, three hundred pound guy ripping the handle off a reel. It's like, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's it's the it's the big giant, you know, strong guys that just think they right. can overpower fish. When yeah, in reality, right. you yeah. you want the dainty guy that's just gonna wait. Yeah. You yeah. Know? No. Exactly. Yeah. It's and a waiting game. You, you know? use but, the gear how it's supposed to be used. The lady angler usually right. does it the best. Hundred percent. Girls fight yeah, fish I, better than everybody else. Yeah. yeah. I have. It's funny. I've always said I can tell. I can tell how people fish by the the look at the drag on their reel. You know, I can take a pot of reel that you know some brute of a guy five hundred pounds has been fishing with. The drags all all toasted out of it and just yeah. dust. And his wife brings he brings his wife's reel and it's like. She catches the same fish, if more, and the drag is perfect. It's like, yeah. what the hell's going on? Yeah. It's, like, it's what do you patience think is what it is. It's patience. That's what it is. My <laughs> wife's the same way. That's why I don't take her fishing anymore. So, <laughs> Have you opened any of our 130s yet? Did you say you did? You might have already said that. Yeah, I got one right here yeah. in front of me. How? Um, how um, so year after year opening our, our 130s, what do the drag plates look like? Are they in good shape? Are they in bad shape? Is it different every time? It's different every time. Yeah. Um, I will say that you you guys are the guys that know how to set your drags and stuff because you know I have to say ninety percent of the time there's no problems with the drags. Um, yeah, they they have dust on them and stuff like that, which they're gonna have. I mean, yeah. that's all there is to it. But not to the point where the the drag uh, the drag materials delaminating from the backing plate, which I see a lot. Um, which tells you that they're just toasting the drags right off the reels, you know, like too um, heavy a drag. Too heavy of a drag, yeah. yeah. A lot yeah. of guys will just, you know, a lot of guys see the full on the cover and they just go full, right right to full, and that's it. And, you know, the send fish is it. Pull, just, send just, it. Just, just pulling. It's like, dude, it's like you're ripping everything apart. Yeah. The rods are all falling apart and everything. I mean, it's just a mess, you know. Hmm. But, you know, yeah, I mean, your, your reels are, are usually in decent shape. I mean, they're just, just in good shape. But you keep them up every year. You know, we're into them and do what we got to do and tweak them, whatever yeah. we have to do. And, you know, I mean... For for guys that fish as much as you, I mean, you know, the reels are really in good shape. So yeah, I know we had that one that the handle was basically seized by the end of the year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if you looked at that one. I'm interested to see how damaged that yeah, one was. That one out. <laughs> yeah, I haven't looked at one this out. one here. This one, the reel I have a pot, or almost a pot. It says clicker on the side, and I can see what's yep. going on with that. So that might be that reel that you know the a few times we got some bites, had trouble hearing the bite. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we had, I believe it was the middle floater. Got a ton of action last year. 
And uh, yeah, the, the the click is not even working on this one. I'm spinning it now. So. <laughs> when we uh, so when we steam out every morning, we have the rods arranged the same way on the back okay. of the boat when we stretch our leaders. So our far floater typically goes in the starboard far corner, and then gotcha. our middle floaters are port uh, in our port corner when we stretch them. So, um, I believe. Let me think here. The live well is on that side. So there's like a spray. We have a spray pretty much every single morning on the way that okay. definitely gets on. I believe it's the middle floater. It could be the far floater. Oh, I can't remember. Port side, okay. right? Yeah. Yeah. It gets right. I mean, it pinpoint perfectly right into the handle of that reel. Oh, and that's the reel <laughs> that is the the worst. So which yeah. is interesting yeah. to see. Yeah. And it's going to happen. You know, it's yeah. just the way it is. I mean, it's, it's you know, the salt's going to get in there and it's just going to do its thing, you know, and, and that's that's all it's going to do, you know. Yeah. So, yep. well, Dave, this has been awesome. We've uh, been ter- no, we've I, been tearing it up for about an hour, and this has been some yeah, really, no, really good information. It, yeah. yeah, no, I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, taking the opportunity and uh, let me uh, spiel for an hour, and uh, you know, whatever we can do to help out in the future, be more than happy to. So, awesome. how do um, how do people find you? They want to give you a batch of reels. Um, obviously, they can look at the podcast description; it'll all be on there, but. Um, website, social media, all that sort of thing. Yeah, so basically I have a Facebook page, uh, just beavertailrodandreel.com, uh, uh on Facebook. Um, I had an Instagram account. I'm trying to recover that. I don't know what the hell happened to it. Something got hacked somehow, and it's just been a mess. So um, I haven't done a lot with the social media this year so far because I've just been so busy. Um, but uh, I got a website also, beavertailrodandreel.com. Uh, go on there. Um, people can email me. They can text me. My number is 401-215-5062. If you text me, just leave your name so I know who I'm talking to. Um, You know, and, and, and don't hesitate to give me a call. I'm, I'm usually, I'm usually pretty, pretty available to take phone calls. So it's never really a problem. I, so. Every single time I've texted you, I've got a response within 24 hours. So you're, communication's key. Yeah, no, and that's the key. I mean, you you have to be on top of these things. I I know a lot of guys that I've, uh, uh, done work with in the past. I mean, you know, two days, three days later, I, I understand thing ha- things happen, but I try to get right on it and just just do what we got to do. You know, we appreciate um, it. It just you know, there's no need stacking stacking messages up, and you know, then people get ticked off, and you know, it's just you're just gonna be upfront with people and just you know, answer the questions and do what you say you're gonna do. So That's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir. We appreciate right. it. We, we'll thank see you. you uh, we'll see you in the next yeah, few weeks uh, to grab reels and yeah, yep, yeah. I'm gonna try to get them all all done together so we can just make one trip and you guys will be ready to go. Nice. Cool. So awesome. Well, before we go, right. we're gonna end this on OG's three words of fishing wisdom. Remember, you can't catch them if you don't have a hook in the water. Always trust your instincts. And the last one, you'll just have to keep listening. Stay tight. There everybody. you go. Thanks, Dave. We'll talk to you right, later, you. guys. Thank Take you. Take care. Nice seeing you. You sure. too. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Seabros Fishing Podcast. If you'd like more information on today's guest, products that we use, or other podcast partners, please check out the description for this episode on our website, seabrosfishing.com. For information on our tail and fish artwork commissions, or to order our hats and other products, please check out our website or shoot us a message on Instagram. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel, give it a like and subscribe. And finally, if you want to book a fishing charter with us on one of the Mass Bay Guides boats, please visit massbayguides.com and call the office to book a trip. We appreciate you all.